I'm Shay. And I'm David. And you're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR, where we talk about board games and board game-related topics. On tonight's show, we'll be discussing what we've been playing, the news, and for our main topic tonight, more themes. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about war games. I mentioned last week I would be interested in talking about this one, and we are going to do that. Yeah, we're going to do war games tonight, uh, and probably as in our discussion, something will co- pop into our brain to talk about for next week. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, let's start with what we've been playing. So I didn't play anything this week because I had homework and also I was gone over the weekend. So what did you play? I played games. Excellent. What games did you talk about? Uh, let's just take a look. Oh, what? You didn't look these up beforehand? Well, I try not to uh, do too much planning for the show. I want it to be spontaneous. Ah, yes. 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 Okay. Uh... Oh, God. I had a good week. <laughs> played Gaia Project again, but I talked about that. Mm-hmm. It's Terra Mystica in space. Uh, we played Viticulture with Tuscany on Friday. Uh, my number one or two, depending on the year, game of all time. Yes. Uh, and then we got into some new stuff on Sunday. Uh, Adam came over and we played some two-player games. Uh, first one I'm going to talk about is Claustrophobia 1643. Uh, this is a reprint done, done by Monolith Games. Uh, it was a Kickstarter in 2018. I am just playing it now, which means... If <laughs> right I, on schedule. Yeah, which means if I want to get a copy of this game, I've got to pay between two and $300. And it was about 85 bucks new on Kickstarter. Perfect. Uh, this is 1v1. Uh, one one person is the demons, one person is the, I guess we'll call them the heroes or the humans. You each have your own deck, your own characters, your own fancy miniatures, and you each have your own goal. Uh, we played scenario one. Uh, he had to find the exit and get two people to the exit. I had to kill all of, all of his characters, but no, I had to kill all of his characters. Uh, if either of those didn't happen, it ended in a tie. Uh, thankfully, I was able to pin him down into a corner and beat the heck out of him. Nice. And crushed him. Good. Proud of you. Yeah. I, I have good luck in two-player games versus Adam. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's fun. It's just <laughs> really easy. No. <laughs> yeah. It's So in Claustrophobia, uh, combat is pretty simple. You have a strength or a attack value, and that's how many dice you roll. Uh, they have a defense value. You roll your dice, and if you get any hits that are at that defense level or above, you hit them. Uh, how the hits go on is a little different between the two teams. Uh, on the hero side, they have uh, six areas that you can take or put damage in. And what it does is locks out that attribute for that round. Uh, Start of each turn, you're rolling dice, and then you're putting those dice on on one of those things. Uh, And they're rated one to six, where one has a better attack, six has a better defense. So you're losing one of those as a hero. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bad guys, it's just, I have this many hit points, and if they all fill up, he comes off the board. I can put them back on once. 
there's a summoning cost to get any of my, my monsters out. Uh, and there's some rules as to how they can come out. Uh, off the start, I couldn't get any guys out, but I stockpiled a bunch of resources, a bunch of... They have some cards which sort of break the game type idea. And so I sat there until I had an opening. I had lots of money to do it. So I put out pretty much everything. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it worked out really well. Uh, really solid game. Not a lot of fiddly rules to it that I found. Uh, but he knew the rules, so it was an easier teach. Uh, and because we play a lot of games, it was easy to pick up. Uh Highly recommend in a two-player game, but you won't find it. <laughs> That's the you only problem. You can't find it anywhere. You're not going to find it anywhere. Uh, speaking of that, Awkward Guess is back in print. Oh, is it? Yes. Excellent. Everybody go buy it now because yeah. it's an excellent game. Hit uh, Board Game Bliss. They had it in stock on the weekend. Uh, the other two-player game I played with Adam was called Super Fantasy Brawl. And this one is another... 1v1, uh, you each take three characters, they each have their own deck, you take those decks, shuffle them together, and play. Uh, you're playing a card which gives abilities, uh, and some of them are specific to their hero, some of them are for anybody, uh, most of the defense ones are for anyone, most of the attack ones are specific to your character. On your board you have three gemstones. Uh, a yellow, a blue, and a red. To play a red card, you have to flip over a red one. To play a blue one, same thing. They also have base abilities like heal or move or attack, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, so you're doing three actions every, every turn, and you go back and forth. Uh, your goal is to get five trophies. Uh, and you get those trophies by either knocking one of their characters out or mm -hmm. back to the start gate or... There's little uh, objective cards, and they move as they move down. They get more uh, or worth more because it's taken longer to get them, uh, and then they finally go out of the game. Uh, I was able to get to five by doing two objective cards and knocking him out once, and it's a solid game. Uh, I would say it was not as fun as Claustrophobia sixteen forty three. Uh, I enjoyed that one more than the other one, but it was still a good game. Uh, a new Kickstarter just came out for it with, I think it added another nine characters or something, and he already had 15 or so, so lots of replayability, lots of difference in these characters that you can do, and they all have different moves, So, but at their base, they're all solid. Mm -hmm. Uh Another solid game, really big, chunky miniatures, really overproduced game. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you like that 1v1 combat, uh, sort of smash-up idea. Okay, yeah. Where you're taking different characters, putting them together, and playing that way. Uh, then it's uh, one I'd recommend taking a look at. Cool. Uh, the other stuff I played, Paladins of the West Kingdom, Maracaibo, we played some more. And last night, I got Pulsar 2849 to the table. Another space theme game that I don't know if I talked about last week. I don't think we did, actually. I don't yeah. think we mentioned it. It's a great game. Yeah, this is Vladimir Succi. Uh, one of my favorite of his. I've played a, a few of his, and I have one. I have Pro Praga on the shelf to play still. Uh, and this one is space exploration. Uh, no combat in it. You're, you're just going planet to planet and visiting them. Yeah. Uh, you're also developing new technologies. 
Uh, very point salad -y. It's got a uh, Castles of Burgundy feel to it because you're doing two actions, or you're taking two dice, but you get some bonus actions if you play them right. Right. Uh, one of my favorite <laughs> games. I've only played it, I'm going to say four or five, no, three times I think I figured out, but it just, I really, really, really like this game. I just don't bring it out enough. Uh, yeah, well, it's a really big game to set up. It, it is. There, There is some overhead set up on it. Uh, it's a big round board. Uh, lots of variability as to what you put out, what you don't put out. Uh, really solid game, though. Uh, if you like Suchi's games, Pulsar 2849 is a great addition to those games. Okay, Shay, that's the games. That's your games you played. Excellent. Yes. I'm glad you got so many games down. Uh, I could have played Pulsar, but I was so exhausted after driving home that there was no way I would have been able to play a game. So Yes. Uh, but yeah, let's jump into the news. Okay. Starting with um, Kickstarter. Still can't explain why they're uh, moving to blockchain. Yeah, they... They put out... A, they, the CEO <laughs> had an interview, and they put out a statement. And I... And like... No matter what you read on it, they say that the reason they're moving to blockchain is to solve the issues of not like Kickstarter's not reaching enough people outside of the spheres that are already existing. Well, they're making it sound like it needs more publicity. Yeah, basically, the one guy, I think it was Eric on BGG, yeah. was describing it as an MLM payout system where they pay people more depending on if they promote a certain Kickstarter more. Yeah. So it's really weird. And they really don't explain why blockchain is the thing they need to do. You can hire people to publicize stuff. That's yeah. that's not new. So I don't know why they need to move to blockchain. Not to mention somebody brought up with blockchain, there's issues of who do you contact to moderate things since Kickstarter already has a moderation issue. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they couldn't answer it. Yeah, and the I read that article, and one of the funniest parts, pieces of it that I pulled out of it is he mentioned the biggest complaint about Kickstarter right now is there's no moderation tools. Yeah. Right? Somebody can back a project for $1 and sit there and spam it and spam it, spam it and spam it, and creators have no way to block that. Yeah. Yet the thing they attack or they try to defend this blockchain by is saying it's going to reach more people and that way these are going to fund more. They're going to be more productive or more, make more money. Yeah. Which, what Kickstarter wants to do because they take 3% of everything. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it, they, they, the, none of the description made any sense to me with my understanding of what blockchain is and it seems like it didn't make sense to anybody. Yeah, like, and they, they didn't help their cause. The first description they gave didn't help, and this one didn't help either. Yeah, the first description, the FAQ they put out, and the interview that the CEO of Kickstarter did all did nothing to explain this. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, great job, Kickstarter. Still going strong. Um, more fun. Company behind Decrypto. Uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but they're a Canadian company. Yep. And they are, they have announced a new game. It's supposed to be coming out at the end of this year or in the later half of this year called Turing Machine. I don't know if we've talked about this one. I feel like we might have mentioned it, but there's a bit more information on it. Um, this is named after Alan Turing, um, the guy who basically broke, I don't know if they called it the Enigma Code, but 
broke the code um, in World War II to track the Germans. Uh, so it's based off of that where you're guessing passwords. You're trying to guess passwords. They say there's up to 400 or 4 million problems, sorry, uh, in this game. And they use a computer, but it's not motorized, but a computer of a sort using a punch card system. And it just sounds really neat and really unique. So I'm going to keep an eye on this one because Decrypto I thought was quite fun. But this seems like something that if it plays single player, I could just sit there. Like, like Wordle for nerds, basically. Yeah, no, I, I saw this one pop up and I knew it was a uh, sort of a uh, party game. Yeah, a little bit. And yeah, Scorpion Mask is the company that's doing it. Uh, and it does look very interesting. And we we own Decrypto. Uh, it's good, mm -hmm. not great. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and Summit is another one they've done, which I've played. And once more, it's good, not great. Yeah. So it looks interesting, but the company doesn't have that history that makes me go, oh, I can't wait. That's fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in it. I, I think I would like to try it because it sounds like something, if I saw that as a, an app, like a, a video game, I would definitely yep. play it. Yeah. So I'm interested. Um, designer of Mysterium and the artist behind Obscurio are releasing a game called One Ironauts. Pronunciation, maybe. Okay. <laughs> but that's, that's how it's spelt. Um, it's a co-op game and it looks a bit like Dixit. Just a little bit. Okay. Um, basically, you're going to have this, you're going to have a word that comes out. And people have to, you're gonna, each person has a hand of cards that has pictures on it. And you're going to put out, put those cards out, one of those cards out that matches that word, in your opinion. And then one gets added. One random one gets okay. added. They get shuffled, they get placed out, and everybody has to vote on which one they think was added randomly. So not one that was picked by people. Okay. And that's, that's the game. It's a family game, so it's okay. not going to be very intense. But it is by two, like, by two people who do games that we really play a lot and like, right? Yeah, and that, that whole Dixit Mysterium Obscurio art vibe is pretty cool. And the game mechanics work well. Mm -hmm. uh, they all have their shortcomings. Yes. Uh, and it's all, they're all really dependent on who you're playing with. As with any party game, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and that's a party game fault through and through. Uh, so, sounds interesting, right? And we'll probably give it a go if... I don't know if this would be sounds like something I would buy, but it might be something we'd want to try if somebody else has it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, one quick one here. Uh, Concordia is on the Switch. Yes. I, I think I saw that last week. I don't know if that was when it was announced, but it's on there now. Yes. Um, I've seen Wingspan on there already, but apparently that wasn't very new. But Concordia is on there now, so if you have a Switch and you want to play board games on it, you can. I don't know about this board game on the Switch thing. It's a little weird to me. Um, uh, it's... <sighs> considering there's like there's app, app versions. Like the app versions, the phone versions, the PC versions make more sense to me than the Switch. 
the Switch is popular, and people want a piece of that popularity. That's fair. Uh, and th- there's been a few, quite a few games that have come out, board games on the Switch. Uh, you mentioned Concordia, you mentioned Wingspan, I think it's got Catan. Catan's on there, yeah. And a few other little ones and stuff. Uh, Scythe might be coming to it if it's not on it already. Uh, it's just another platform that people are delving into. Fair enough. Finally, uh, Unsettled Kickstarter is on, on Kickstarter. It's up, up and running and you can back it. I've never played this game, but we own it and, uh, it looks pretty cool. There's a bunch of colorful boxes on our shelf. Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, escape from the planet. So supposed to be really hard. Uh, and the Kickstarter and the base game is there's a base box and then everything plugs into it like a cartridge. And they're all different planets as you, that you can go to. Uh, the new Kickstarter, I think, gives three to five new planets. A couple of new mechanics that you can add to the games. And it's about 85 bucks plus $37 shipping. Whew. Gotta love shipping to Canada. Yeah, shipping is going up and it's it's hurting people. Yeah. Right? I, I don't think companies are making the dollars they hoped for. Although, you know, zombie side Marvel there, or Marvel zombies or whatever they mm-hmm. called the last Simon one, did very well. It's yeah, but, but like big companies aren't gonna take the hit. Yeah. Oh, they. Well, they are, but like it's a hit they can handle, right? The shipping, I think I saw on Marvel one, is between one hundred and fifty and two hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, but it's the cost, right? You know, it's it's not going away. No. Uh, 51st State is getting a big box. It hit uh, GameFound today from Portal Games. This is Z Garcia's number one game of all time. It's a cooperative, uh, working through dystopian society type idea. Cool. Okay, I'm David. And I'm Shay. And you're listening to Board on the Air. We're going to go into our main topic. And our main topic tonight is the theme of war games. Yes. I think war games are, like... I don't play war games. I mean, we've all played Risk and stuff like yep. that. But I find war games very interesting in the sense that they're basically the first board game. Because yeah. they were invented from the name to basically train scenarios in war. War games are what created the first hit point. Because they used it, I think it was 14 mil shells is what they used in, as a hit point. And then that slowly evolved into things like D&D. Um, as well as stuff like Risk. So just the history behind war games as the fact that they are that starting point, right? Yeah. I think it's kind of fascinating. We don't play a lot of war games, but we don't like Take That. Or I I dislike Take That. Yeah. And a war game is specifically designed to have Take That in it. Yes. Uh, Right from the originals, Risk, Axes and Allies, uh... Fortress America. Battleship. Battleship. <laughs> Shogun. You know, all of those games. And I know I'm missing a whole bunch from the 80s and 90s because there's all the Avalon Hill stuff. It, it's all... You're trying to eliminate characters or yeah. eliminate people from a game. I don't like that in games, right? Uh, some of the new modern games that have war in them 
is more of you're going to the end of a scenario type idea, like a, a Memoir 44, uh, Claustrophobia 1643. You know, at its heart is a war game because mm-hmm. it's one versus one. It's one race versus another race. Uh, Even Lord of the Rings. It's not War of the Ring, but which is the big one that's the two? It's it's 1v1. The Battle of Five Armies? or Maybe. No, no it's the one before that. Is it War of the Ring? War, War of the Ring it is, is 1v1. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's Star Wars Rebellion. Another one that's, you know. But a lot of, like, War of the Ring, Star Wars Rebellion have brought in more than just, I'm going, there's a bunch of dudes on the map, we're fighting each other. And, and I think war games have evolved. Yeah. To bring that in. Uh, there's still the coin games and that type of stuff that have evolved that even more that are the heavier versions of these games. Uh, I've never played any of those, so I can't speak to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But GMT's made a killing off of that type of game, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, we we do own some war games. Like, I own Lord of the Rings Risk. I own Axes and Allies. I own War of the Ring. Uh, We own Memoir 44. Memoir 44. We, We definitely have them. We have them. Uh, I would say they don't get to the table as much. Well, there's it's it, there's a limiting factor, right? Yep. With the fact that they're two-player. Some of them. Some of them. But the ones that are two-player are limiting because then you have to play with two ple- people. Um, like you said, we don't play a lot of war games. Like we don't, or sorry, we don't play, do a lot of take that. Yeah. So it's harder to get those to the table when we have other ones that we like more. Um... But yeah, I think, the thing is, I loved Battleship growing up, right? Yeah. Like, I think there's definitely a nostalgic place for them. Because they're the ones that we kind of grew up playing. Like, even though I didn't play, I haven't played Risk in person very often. I have played it on the PS3, I think. We used to play it on all the time. So there's there's a part of me that goes, man, I loved playing these games growing up, right? I don't know if we just grew out of them or if they're just not as interesting. Yeah. You know, to me, it it always goes back to that player elimination that a lot of war games are rooted in. Yeah. Right? If, if I have five people at the table and three of them get knocked out and four hours later, those other two are finally taking each other out, that's three hours where people have sat there, you know, even an hour is too long or a half hour or 10 minutes is too long to be sitting there while other people are playing and you're not. Yeah, honestly, I, I totally agree. Like there's, there's games that aren't even take that games where something like those games where you have a certain amount of turns that you, or not a certain amount, you have turns that you can do that are based on what you've done on your board and people can have a ton of turns left and you get none. And then you're just waiting, right? Yep. So yeah, definitely, I don't really like any game that knocks players out. Yeah, and I, I think that's why if we are going to play something along that line, you know, it's one of the 1v1 version it is more welcoming to me because once one of you loses, the game's the over. The game's done. Yeah, that's totally fair. Right? There's no, no downtime or anything like that where... People are sitting there waiting. Yeah. Right? Uh, and that's that's what I dislike about 
multiplayer war games. Yeah. I do think we have to give them credit for, like I said, not only being basically the first board game, but also you see echoes of it, like the idea of fighting, right? And marking down hit points and everything is in quite a few games. I mean, Gloomhaven has it uh, for sure. Yeah. Because D&D has it, right? And it's going to be very similar. And there's other games where you're calculating you know, how much damage you've taken. Uh, King of Tokyo is another one. Like yep. That's a more basic one. Yeah, where they don't I, necessarily knock you out of the game if you lose your hit points. Yeah, I think out of the war games where they've taken the fighting piece mm-hmm. of war games... Uh, when they put it into the Euro or the Ameritrash type idea, it, it's usually, I, I would say, dumbing it down to make it less punishing. Yeah. Uh, one that I see on the shelf there is Lords of Hellas. Uh, you're sitting there and re- and you can win by defeating the other players, but there's also third-party monsters running around the board that you can attack. Yeah. Uh, so there is that fighting aspect of it, but there's so much more to the game that nobody's really getting eliminated in it. Uh, you know, Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea is another one that's dudes on a map, but it, it's on a more grandiose scale that, you know, you're going for victory points as opposed to wiping people out, right? Yeah. Th- there's different things that... Like uh, the one I talked about earlier, the Super Fantasy Brawl. You know, you're going for five points. Uh, Wildlands, you're going for four crystals or five crystals. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think war games have evolved or pieces of war games have evolved into other games. Uh, But as you say, you know, they've been around forever. Yeah. People still play Risk. People still play axes and allies you know like two and of lots those, of people two of those classic games uh you know risk has made a fortune off of different versions of risk and i would argue risk is probably one of the more fun classic board games right like when you think of like monopoly risk right those two are pretty like they have all the ips you can find a million of them in the toy store risk is the more fun version Right. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, you know, the biggest downfall of Risk is a game could last 60 minutes. It could last nine hours. It's true. We did play it at Canada Games once and I teamed up like one, two of us uh, became allies. Yeah. And we we fought and then we beat everybody else. And we were like, well, let's just be done because this yeah. is going to take forever for us to beat each other. <laughs> well, and a lot of the time that's what would happen in risk. You get to a certain point that you know, it's going to be a stalemate because you both have so big of armies yeah. that nobody wants to sit there and roll dice for an hour to finish that last battle. Yeah. Uh, that is something that they, they do struggle with is timing. Yeah. Like, there's really no, nothing that stops the game from going forever. Right. Yeah. No, and it's... I, I know there's war games we're missing, and I know there's war games we haven't played. Uh, yeah. Some people have reached out on Twitter to mention that from space, you know. If there's something you think of, shoot us a line. Like, I'm always open to playing... I'll play every game once. Yeah. To a point. You know, I, I still don't like a six-hour game, so I'm not bringing Twilight Imperium to my table. Yeah. Right? It's I, been on my table. Yeah. I just didn't play it. I think this category, unlike the other ones where there's a, it's either like 
not explored enough or it's explored way too much. It's more that it's maybe gotten a bit old. Yeah. You know, like things have just gotten more uh, inventive, more interesting. Uh, I would say so. And and looking at some of the coin games, they look very interesting. Like there's a lot of history in those games. Yep. Uh, and maybe at some point I'll get to play one. <laughs> okay, I am David. And I'm Shay. And we will talk to you next week. Have a good night.